Welcome to Actions Detrimental. I'm Bob Dare. This is episode 6 and I'm here today to talk about Kansas. No, not the band, but the NASCAR races that were in Kansas this past week, which saw Kyle Larson score his ninth win of the season, his third in a row for the second time this year. He's trying to sweep this whole round, which I don't think has been done since Joey Logano in 2015. I may be wrong on that. But he's also trying to get four in a row, which hasn't been done since Jimmy Johnson in 2007. For him to do that, though, it's going to have to come this weekend at Martinsville, which is not Larson's best track, even though he did get a top five earlier in the season. He's going to be trying to checkmark a lot of things this weekend, but especially bringing as much momentum into Phoenix as possible. Stage one at Kansas saw playoff driver after playoff driver in the fence because of wind and how windy and gusty it was out there, which probably is the best thing that's ever happened to the 550 package. The only way to get the slot cars off their track is to blow 60 miles per hour winds at them, I guess, and make them get off the gas a little bit and have to hang on to it a little bit more. So the last 550 race of the year, the wind helped the fans' enjoyment of this race for sure. Who knows what the playoff grid would look like if it wasn't for the gusty winds that day. Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex, and Ryan Blaney all had flat tires in stage one. Most of them were caused by the wind pushing their car up into the wall in turn two, even though I don't believe Blaney's was wind-related. Of those four, Kyle Busch was the only one to battle back and get some stage points in stage one, but he threw those away the rest of the race by hitting the wall again in stage two because of the wind. Cutting down a tire, hitting the wall, going four laps down, his day was done. And it was looking like Rowdy's whole season was done until stage three, Ryan Blaney gets hooked by Austin Dillon after Dillon gets a little loose in turn two. The 12 cars in the fence, they can't fix it. He goes from 27 points above the cut line to now one point below the cut line going into Martinsville. Even Kyle Larson hit the wall at one point, but the guy that hit the wall the most that didn't have any issues was Chase Elliott. Second place, trying to close in on Larson, trying to secure his way into Phoenix. And he hits the wall three times trying to catch Larson, which I don't know how that didn't cut a tire. Dale Jr. called it perfectly on the air. He's like, I wouldn't run that high. I wouldn't run that hard if I were him. And then boom, he's in the wall one, two, three times. He is lucky to get the finish he got. Before I move on, though, I want to throw a shout out to William Byron. Every week he is up there outrunning Kyle Larson, but something happens to him. And that's why, again, I'm going to harp on this all season. He should be at Phoenix, but he's not because of how many bad issues keep happening to him. How many times this playoff has he had a car that even Kyle Larson can't keep up with at times, but Byron just keeps having issues. If it wasn't for the next-gen car next year, I'd already have the 24 car on the championship trophy, but the new car makes it way too unpredictable. So let's look at the playoff grid here. Kyle Larson locked in. Chase Elliott somehow got a second-place finish after knocking the wall down. 34 points above. Denny Hamlin with a quiet but perfectly quiet day comes home 32 points above the cut line. And then it's Kyle Busch somehow leaves above the cut line. One above Blaney. Truex rallied back to a top 10 after multiple issues. He's only three out. Brad Kozlowski had all kinds of problems. He's only six out. But it's Joey Logano still 26 back. Yeah, it's in a must-win situation, but 26 points isn't that much. But he's definitely going to want to win. And he even said, yeah, we got to win this race. Speaking of Logano, there's a stat out there that people remember around this time every year. Joey Logano has never made the Final Four two years in a row. He's missed it, made it, missed it, made it, missed it, made it every year since 2014 when this playoff format started. And he made it last year, and this year he probably won't. So it's not looking good for Logano fans out there right now. So I mentioned this on Twitter this week, BobDare18 if you're not following me. 
It is amazing to look back at the points this time last year and just really see where Harvick was going into Martinsville and remember that he didn't make it. He was the highest guy in points, not locked in, and he was 42 points above the cut line going into Martinsville and left out of the playoffs. That's insane to me. But then when you really think about it, because there was a 25-point gap between 4th and 5th, he really only had to lose those 17 points to Brad, who was 4th in points going in, and that's why he missed the playoffs. So he didn't lose 42 points. So my whole point is, you can look at Chase Elliott and Denny Hillman right now, who are 34 and 32 points above the cut line going into Martinsville, and say that they're they're locked in. They're a shoe in Phoenix. But are they? It's, it's tough. Like, obviously, everyone's always going to say, well, look what happened to Harvick last year. It's just a different situation with how close everyone else is behind them to each other. For example, last year, Chase won, and that's what knocked Harvick out because he was fourth in points at the time. This year, if someone fifth to eighth at the moment wins, I don't see it knocking Chase or Danny out. I think I think the top three are safe. I know I didn't put Chase Elliott in my final four all playoffs. I haven't predicted that, but... He's been strong when it mattered lately, and he's got himself in a good position. But right now, I think someone from 4th to 8th will win Martinsville. And I'm just going to go into it right now. This goes against everything I said last week of who I could see winning Phoenix and whatnot. But anyway, I don't know why, but I've had this feeling since I saw him wreck that Ryan Blaney is going to win Martinsville this weekend and win Phoenix. I'll let you pick your jaw off the ground for a second there. I don't know why. I just, looking at the points this time last year and seeing the champion from last year, sixth in points at this point last year, I don't know why. I just have a really good feeling about Blaney this weekend. He's been so quiet, but he's so good at Martinsville, even though he hasn't won. And he's really good at Phoenix, and he hasn't won there either. So that's really not helping my case. But I just think Ryan Blaney is going to shock the world and win the next two races. So if he doesn't, Oh well, but if he does, you heard it here on Actions Detrimental first. The other guy, though, that most people are picking this weekend that I really do see having a strong chance of winning this race is Martin Truex Jr. Three points out right now. Martinsville is his playground. I could really see him winning Martinsville and then Phoenix, which he won both of those races early in the season. So... I'm sticking with the Blaney pick, but I, I also really wouldn't be surprised if Truex does exactly what I just said Blaney's going to do. Those are my two possibilities. You heard it here first. Anyway, enough of me making an ass of my future self. Just looking at the playoff grid right now, and just I just find it so intriguing to think about where we're headed this weekend and looking at how close and tight it really is. Just thinking about how good at Martinsville each of these drivers are. It's going to be a dogfight, a showdown, a throwdown, whatever you want to call it. Make sure you don't have any plans Sunday because this is going to be one to watch. And I heard Brett Griffin on DBC say, and I agree with him, that I'm more excited for Martinsville this weekend than I am for Phoenix. And that's what's frustrating is that the, the championship that it all comes down to is at a track that nobody nobody voted for Phoenix to be the last race of the season. Like NASCAR can always ask us, what track do you want to see the championship decided on? Nobody voted Phoenix, but that's where we're going. And it's just this week leading up to Martinsville is exactly the kind of drama that the championship race deserves. But instead, it's the race that decides who will battle for the championship. So I'll take what we can get, I guess. But it's still frustrating that Phoenix is the grand finale. So I don't want to linger too long this week looking forward to Martinsville because there's 9,000 different scenarios that could happen this weekend. So why bother going over every single one that could? Let's just see how it plays out. 
And next week's episode is going to be jam-packed because it's going to be leading into Phoenix, leading into the championship. And we'll be just leaving Martinsville where we had a truck race, an Xfinity race, and a cup race that all set up each series championship finale. So next week's going to be a big episode. So I'll try to keep this week short and sweet. The 54 car Joe Gibbs Racing Series on Saturday saw the, uh, I mean the Xfinity Series on Saturday saw the 54 car win again. With Ty Gibbs behind the wheel this week. John Hunter Nemechek won the week before. This weekend it's got a monkey named Pete racing. He's probably the favorite, I'm sure. And I'm just joking. Ty Gibbs is going to be in it this week. But the 54 car, another win sticker for that car this week. AJ Allmendinger, I love what he said. He said it's the Oprah car. It's whoever they want to put in it. You get a win. You get a win. That's the way they're treating it over there at Gibbs. But hey, if you can make a car like that, you put it on the track. As far as the playoff grid in the Xfinity Series goes, my prediction is looking rough. Uh, it would have been fine if it wasn't for Sam Mayer taking out Noah Gregson and Harrison Burton. I had Gregson in the Final Four. He's currently 24 points out now going into Martinsville in a, basically a must-win situation. He could do it, though. He finished second there to Josh Berry earlier in the season, I believe. So he could do that. But right now, it's Justin Haley only seven points out behind Daniel Hemrick for fourth. Nobody is locked into Phoenix with a win because the 54 car has won every race this round. But A.J. Allmendinger and Austin Sindrick are 47 points above the cut line, more or less locked in where they belong to Phoenix. But finally, the NASCAR penalty report. Who's going to the hauler this week is back, and it's going to Sam Mayer, the 18-year-old. I know he's only 18, and I'm 30, but he is driving like an 18-year-old, which I guess that's a pretty good excuse if that's what he wants to use but it just seems like every week he's driving me crazy he's running over somebody he's running into somebody he's wrecking playoff drivers he's just he's learning lessons but he's learning them by costing other people points and money and standing positions and he's just he's he's learning by costing other people and it's just becoming more and more of a theme i've noticed and him wrecking gregson and burton racing three wide with these two playoff guys that are out there battling for their seasons i know he's out there battling for his career and to learn but he's already got a ride locked in for next year for junior motorsports he's got nothing to prove right now he's just out there to learn so i i don't know i just don't feel like it's a good time to be running into and side draft and playoff drivers who are out there trying to win the championship so if this was only the first time that he's run into somebody i wouldn't really mention it or i wouldn't bring it up but it's just becoming a theme but he did man up and admit that he made a mistake after the race so i'll give him that so we'll just see how he evolves and matures and i'm sure he will he's only 18 and, and i'm a 30 year old man yelling about him on a podcast so so i'll give him a break but he still should go to the hauler just to have a little sit down So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. We got three races at Martinsville this weekend to talk about. All deciding who makes it to the finale at Phoenix. Next week is going to be one of those weeks where I'm glad I got a podcast. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. Hopefully Martinsville doesn't let me down. I'm sure it won't. I can't wait to see what happens. But all you Ryan Blaney fans out there, go get your party hats. Go get your confetti. He's winning the next two weeks. I guarantee it. That one's for you, Josh. I'll talk to you guys next week. This was Actions Detrimental.